Oh, we're live. We've been live, bro. Oh, we've been live. Oh. Oh. How's it going? It's going. Oh, uh, no, you hate that. Oh, no, dude, that. you, you were so close. I caught myself. You still said up. it. <laughs> uh, I caught myself. But you still said I don't think I've said that on the pod, but I hate is a strong word, and I tend to use it a lot. I tend to always be like, oh, I hate this. I hate that. And then I catch myself, and I'm like, wait, maybe I don't actually hate it. Like, hate is a very strong word but i strongly dislike when i ask someone how's it going and when i genuinely care about someone i ask them like how's it going like you know and they just say it's going like i get it, it it's it's a funny little remark but i'm actually asking like how are you doing and i suppose it's also on me like it, i should probably ask like how are you doing so they can be like oh i'm like i'm doing fine or whatever but i just dislike that <laughs> typical dad joke like it's going like <laughs> oh shit hey i ain't no daddy bro i ain't got no kids you're dead uh, no hey, we're not gonna get there hey, hold <laughs> welcome <up>. back <laughs> welcome back to another episode of hey it happens uh shorter cast this week uh it seems like we've been getting shorter and shorter every week and pretty soon it's just gonna be like single episode at least just one of us yeah. But I'm Jared on the other line, and then this is your boy Izzy. Uh, and yeah, man, we're back. We're actually in midweek, why a lot of other of our friends have been able to join. Um, we're here, man. Ready to ready to ready to talk about music today. Like we actually planned something out for today. Normally. Normally, we have a base topic that we like to, you know, follow along to or at least talk about. But um, we always end up going off the rails and go completely, you know, different than what we originally planned. And that's OK. I like that. But I also like making notes and also like getting prepared. So for today, we actually have a topic. We each wanted to discuss an album that we really like. Album or EP. Mine's an EP, but it's still pretty close to an album um just something that really resonates with us or something we really like and something we wanted to talk about we're always sharing music with each other um you and i both are i guess you know musicians and it's just part of everyday life for us so yeah man oh by the way today i listened to that song you recommended i oh, looked at the clock it was what time was it, it was 6 48 and I was listening to it, and I'm. I wanted to take a picture, but I thirty five was no joke today. It yeah, felt no, good, don't bro. be, don't be, don't be taking pictures on the on no, the I thirty five, yeah, man. Yeah, no, um, it was good, bro. It was a good song to listen to in the morning. The song I'm rocking is "No Rain" by Blind Melon. Uh, I enjoyed it, bro. It was a nice. It actually took the edge off a little. Like, I've been showing up a little late. Nah, I've been showing up late. <laughs> Just period. I'm supposed to get there at 6.55 to 7.05, somewhere between there. And I've been getting there at 6.10, 6.15. And I just looked at the clock. I was listening to the song and I was like, you know, life's good right now. And then the next song hit and it was like uh, Ace of Spades by Motorhead. And I just cranked oh. it, bro. I was like, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, so, dude. Yeah. You know, I had to put the pedal to the metal. Did um well because I told you about the song last night before we went to sleep. Did it sound familiar to you at all? It did, but it went a different direction. Okay. Like it was close to a song that I've heard before in the back mm-hmm. of my head. And before it actually finished the phrase, it took a like a 180 and did something else. Is it the, the is it like the the intro, like the first uh the first part of the vocals? I think it was a chorus. Okay. Yeah, I mind you, I only listened to it once. Like those three yeah, minutes yeah. is all it was, but I'll let you know which like which specific part. If I could sing it, I would, but it did give me that feeling. I will tell you that. Yeah, well, I mean, since we're on the topic of music and uh, the song we're talking about is No Rain by Blind Melon. Um, Blind Melon is actually a, I wouldn't say old band, old, I guess, nowadays. They're from the from the 90s and that song is kind of oldish i remember hearing it vaguely back then and then recently um so at work i use we have a, a like workshop smartphone that we use and i use it to play spotify at work so that i can have my phone like playing something else or i can be listening to a podcast <laughs> sorry i can be listening to a podcast in one year I just have music playing in the background around the shop because it's usually just me. And that song came up like two weeks ago. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, I heard this song before. Like, I, I know I have. It sounds super familiar. And then I saw the name and I was like, well, I know who Blind Melon is. But I'm like, I didn't know this was the song. And it wasn't the song I was thinking about. But I don't know. I've just been listening to that song pretty a lot lately. And. Yeah, like you said, like it, it in the in the mornings it feels good. Like when I'm on my yeah, way to does. work, like seeing the sunrise is just like oof. I'm gonna play. Uh, Oddly enough, that's how it was happening. The sun's been getting up earlier. Is that just me? It has. I don't know when. Uh, oh please. Uh, Daylight savings? No, because we lose. Yeah, I don't know. Time. No, 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 no. We lost an hour last time. Now they're gonna extend it. Oh, thank God. Are you sure? Like this? Could have sworn. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, this last time, like, let's say that's how it was. So, now they're going to move it back further. So, if we're sleeping, we're going to sleep like an extra hour per se. Good. So. Yeah, I really don't know when, when when the daylight savings is. But yeah, the sun has been getting has been rising earlier than usual. I noticed that because usually on my way to on my way to work it used to be dark before, but now it gets it now the sun's up. Yeah, man. Like I remember when I'd get there early, no sun whatsoever. And the only time I'd see sunlight is when I'd walk out of the elementary school and it would blind me, bro. It it was so obnoxious, but it was so good. (laughs) Yeah. So now, like, my commute to work in the mornings, I get the sun in my face when it's rising. And then when I'm getting home, I get it on the opposite side (laughs) because it's setting. So both times, like, it's it's... It's just, it's just hanging out there. It's just like, oh, 
Wake up, motherfucker. <laughs> Wake up. I'll play a little clip of the song so so the listeners can listen to it. I don't think I can play more than 15 seconds. So see if you so you guys can listen to it and see the vibes that we're talking about. That's just the intro. That, that's <laughs> yeah, that's all those lyrics are the phrase I'm talking about. Bum, ba-dum, bum, 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 bum. Or that specific part, but it doesn't go to the notes I want it to go. I'm yes. That, okay. You, no, yeah. What you're, what you're saying is is the same thing that, that I thought about. Mm-hmm. That that little like tone, like the and then like it, when I heard it, I was like, "Oh, it sounds familiar." But then I was like, "Wait, no!" Like, takes an, another direction than I originally thought. I don't know what other song I'm thinking of. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> help us out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> help us out. DM us. Uh, maybe you. If all... this remind, if this reminds you of a song, like, uh, yeah, like DM us on the Instagram on the Instagram page at Hey It Happens Podcast or comment it because we i i know it sounds like i just don't know like which one i can't put my finger on it so but yeah those are those are the vibes little you know good vibes which is the opposite of the ep that i actually will talk about today so as you my good friend knows i'm very into the 90s music it's probably my favorite genre it's when grunge started coming out it's when it started taking you know this crazy hair rock and roll phase that we were getting with like poison like motley crew that even even though like i enjoy some of those types of songs like i feel like that that all flashing thing got old too quick Mm -hmm. and grunge was just centered around pretty much seattle like all like the big bands came out of seattle uh nirvana alice in chains soundgarden around that area so it was it was just more down to earth it was literally just guys jamming out in their barrage just raw sound like a lot of take from metal from old metal especially like black sabbath and things like that but incorporated differently and i love the grunge era and the album or the, it's actually an ep the ep that i want to talk about is uh jar of flies by alice in chains and if you don't mind like i I'll, I'll go ahead and take the lead here. Go and for then, it, bro. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you want afterwards, you can talk about yours. Tits. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know Alice in Chains, uh, one of the pioneers of grunge music. They're still going strong today, but their, their front man, Lane Staley, actually passed away like a while back. Um, he was facing drug drug problems he had um, he was with drug abuse drug addiction and all this this whole time like he was writing songs and performing and ultimately he passed away in like 2000 2001 2002 early 2000s and then afterwards Allison Chains kept continuing with their other uh, singer and songwriter Jerry Cantrell and they're doing their own thing but 
the the Alice in Chains in the nineties was the Alice in Chains. Like that's who they were. And Jar of Flies, Jar of Flies was an EP that they worked in. I think they were just coming off of a tour. Uh, Jar of Flies was released on January twenty fifth, nineteen ninety four. And this is actually where I started thinking of this because January January 25th was a few weeks ago. And I saw a post where it was the anniversary of it. And I decided to revisit it. And I realized that, oh my God, like this is a this is a pretty, it's a very good out EP. I'm gonna keep calling it an album, even though it's an EP, it's a short one. This is a very good album, very well produced, but holy shit, is this deep. This is deep and honestly a little bit dark, especially like if you take into account what Lane was going through and just the stuff he was facing. Some of the, um, I guess you can call it haunting lyrics, are present in the song Nutshell, the second song. Uh, It says, and yet I fight this battle all alone, no one to cry, no place to call home. Like, yeah. yeah it's just a feeling of isolation that he must have been going through even though he was surrounded by his bandmates and you know things like that so to start off the name jar flies and the the album picture if you haven't seen it it's a picture of a kid like with his head on on a table with a jar flies up front the jar flies covering half of his face and that was actually a, a, an experiment that I think the bandmate Jerry went through. So this is what, what the experiment basically was. It was two jars full of flies. One of the jars was overfed and the other jar was underfed. The one they overfed, the flies flourished for a while. Like the, they... Um, they were all flourishing for all, and then they died from overpopulation. And the one that they underfed had most of the flies survive all year, even though at the beginning, like most of the flies were dying off, but they adapted and they were able to survive longer with fewer numbers than the jar that had like more food. They just kept reproducing and eventually all the colony of flies died. Uh, they never really said what impact it had on Jerry, but it just resonated so much with them that they went with it for the for the album name and for the cover as well. And that's a, dude, that's a I had not heard of that experiment before until I started researching on this EP. That sounds like something Thanos would be interested in. Gross, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, bro. It's because I mean, like, like overpopulation, like eventually killed the community that had more food and yeah, yeah yeah the other one had to adapt to less food so they survived for longer actually even though they're flies and even though yeah you, you're thinking yeah. of the gross part of it the yeah, maggots and I'm, everything i'm not an insect person uh, that's just me me neither but, like they never they point. like the jars weren't open like they were closed still, <laughs> still no smell no nothing of its existence is just gross to me <laughs> It was pretty interesting, right? Yeah, no, nonetheless, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's the story of the title and the name. The they okay, this is what I was talking about before. I'm reading this off of a loud loudwire article 
that was published this year, January 26, I believe. They were actually homeless before they started recording it. I think they had just returned to their home in Seattle from Lollapalooza. And they discovered they had been evicted for failure to pay rent. <laughs> the, the landlord must have been the same landlord from Toby Maguire's yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, rent. <laughs> so I guess like while they were on tour or something, like they must have forgotten to, you know, pay. So they got evicted. And there was no cash app back then. There was no Apple I'm curious. Pay, so. Yeah, I'm curious if they if you they did forget. I mean, I it's hard. Well, no. Yeah, I've forgotten. Not that I've forgotten to pay rent, but like once it's the day before, like, oh snap, rent's due tomorrow. There goes my money. Ding. But, yeah, but also imagine like if you're on tour. Yeah, especially on like such a big festival like Lollapalooza at the time. Yeah, I think that was the the ending date for a tour. I'm, I it doesn't say in the article, but I'm pretty sure they were doing a tour before that, which is why they were gone for like a few mm-hmm. months. It's not. I don't think they would have evicted them for just one day of being gone. Yeah. That's that's the story that I heard somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, they were they were homeless, so they were staying. In the London Bridge Studios, which is while they were staying there, they were like, "Yo, like, let's just let's, let's just work on some music." Yeah, let, no, like, let's just jam, and yeah, like, they um, they they recorded it while they were staying there. They actually didn't have any songs written when they went into the studio. Like, all of these were done there. That's impressive because they came out with what, like, seven, eight songs on this EP. Yes. So the the EP consists of it has seven songs. Yes. Mm-hmm. You were right. So um once they were there, I think in a matter of 10 days, they started jamming around, they started coming up with ideas, started recording. So the EP was done in 10 days. Mm-hmm damn damn yeah <laughs> to come in with no songs and probably n- not even a single idea that you're gonna make something that's just a, but uh, or maybe they had ideas maybe they yeah. had like you know vague ideas yeah something they've been they didn't actually have anything pocket. written down yeah yeah. Uh, yeah i get you <laughs> you know um i'm the type of person that's like oh once I have nothing. I'll just get so creative and I'll finally do the stuff I want. But no, I just, I'm just bored there. And I wonder if, you know, if we were to be put in that position, like, you think we'd get creative? Like, not saying that they had nothing else to do, but, you know, they were put in a position like, hey, might as well. I think, I think there's more to it. Um, I think the fact that they recorded in such short time also plays into effect how well they must have all gotten along as bandmates. True. That dynamic, like, you don't usually meet people that stick like glue that mm-hmm. works all with. I know. The, the, dyna- the dynamic they had. And in comparison, I want to really quick brush on the topic of the Strokes. There was an album that... Uh, in which Julian Casablanca is the front man and lead singer of the Strokes, they were like, I think they were beefing with each other 
So I don't remember what album it is exactly, but I know that the story is that Julian recorded all of his vocals and his parts separately. And he basically sent it to the bands like, here's my thing. Like, now you go do your thing. I don't think they were ever in the studio together. I don't think like they were ever like in these like writing sessions or, you know, brainstorming sessions together. I think Julian was just like, I'm gonna do my part. And here, like you do the rest, you do your part and then just put it together. Yeah. Um, which is a crazy way to do work. And that still worked on an album, not such a good one. Uh, I think it was probably like their third or fourth album. But, you know, in contrast to what we're hearing now, they were homeless. They were all staying together in the studio. They were all pumping out ideas, all working together. And yeah, this is what came out. And granted, it's not a full length album. It's an EP. But still, bro, like to be able to do that, to answer your question, actually, I don't know because I've I've had that idea before where I'm like, oh, if I have free time, if I have my mind clear, that's when I'll get creative. And it's happened where it, that's not the case. Yeah, I get more I get more creative when I'm doing something else, when my brain's already functioning than when I don't have anything going on in my brain. Because then it's hard to come up with something. But if I'm already doing something somewhere else, my brain's already like, you know, my brain's already working. So yeah. something randomly is going to pop in my head and I'm going to get the idea. And I'll be like, oh, wow. Why, why am I thinking of this right now? Like when I'm in the middle of something else, I've noticed that a lot with me. And you probably noticed it too. Like sometimes when I tell you guys like, oh, like I stayed up night, like trying to like make some music or make a little tune. And I just, I couldn't, I'm not happy with it the next day. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's weird. I've noticed for me, especially, uh, maybe it's like this for a lot of people, but I'm really good at creating stuff when I have something important to ignore. For example, school, when I'm doing a bunch of school stuff, I ignore that. I get my best work done. When summer hits, I completely suck. If I'm being honest. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's just, I don't know. I I have no idea. And then there's some people that work really well with like deadlines and that's when they make some good stuff. I I wouldn't co- consider myself one of those people because I just don't like deadlines, but I also don't like uh just elongating it and never having a cut-off date for that. I have mixed feelings about deadlines. Yeah. Like they're important, but I just don't like them. Like a lot of things. I think they're important under the right circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. For certain, for certain things. Yes. Yeah. They are important because they, in a way they keep you in check, right? Like, you know, also te- teaches you responsibility and it teaches you professionalism, but also there's an underlying pressure of having a, a deadline where you're like i need to get it done by this time mm-hmm. which can also affect your creative process if it's something where you need to be creative like you're gonna feel rushed yeah so it's but... it, it balances out you know yeah <laughs> funny you say that because that that one song i got stuck in your head earlier i well you you saw me create the dance moves last night to it and then before i hopped on to the zoom meeting i had to record that because song is called saber dance in case you were curious and wanted to see what song we were talking about but yes that song uh not saying it was my best work 
but I did crank out a lot, you know, under pressure. Some people work really well under pressure. Uh, I do for yeah. the most part. Uh, sometimes I will crash and burn, just like anyone else, you know. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it it, it goes both ways. It can go either way. You can either, like be very smooth about it and be like yes like i can get this done mm-hmm. or you can be like no i can't like i don't i can't come up with anything I'm, oh yeah it's de- is it attitude definitely definitely plays a role into that for sure yeah man that's it, it all it all plays into it so yeah uh back to back to jar flies real quick um Oh, I'm actually reading here. Well, I said it was done in 10 days. I think that's the amount of days a band spent in the studio. But it actually says, once the wheels started turning, quick little nod to Foo Fighters song Wheels, which we both say that we're going to learn so we can jam out to. Mm-hmm. Great song. Uh, also one of the songs that is only on their um, best of album. It's a compilation of their best songs, and it's exclusive to that album. So go listen to it as well. Wheels by Foo Fighters. Uh, but it says once the wheel started turning, it was actually finished in seven days. Jeez. All seven songs were recorded in seven days at London Bridge Studios. According to David DeSola's book, Alice in Chains, The Untold Story, the sessions lasted 14, 18 hours a day, and each song was completed in one or two takes. Bro, Jeez. what the hell? <laughs> I'm just. I hadn't seen this before. This is my first time seeing this. I need to look more into that because I'm curious on their process because there are really efficient ways to pull stuff like that off. Like, one, you made the song. Okay, now how are you going to learn it? You got a chunk to that, adjustable bytes, and there's hardly any room for error. error. And once you walk into that booth, I mean, you do have, like, as many tries as you want, but they'll either get a lot better as you go or they'll get a lot worse. But the fact that they pulled it off in one or two is insane. Dude, one or two takes. That's Mm-mm. that. Yeah, that is crazy to think about. And to be honest, I haven't looked much into the different, you know, ways that artists record their songs, but one or two sessions or one or two takes for anything, like yeah. even for the simplest of things, like they that's, knew what they were that's, doing. Yeah. It also goes, Okay, it also goes to say that the album is not it's not super like I would say critically acclaimed. Actually, maybe it's the wrong word. It's not too much focused on instrumentals. Like it's it has a lot of neat, you know, guitar riffs, a lot of neat uh, you know, noises, but they're all simple, I would say, like simple instruments. Like they they were very talented. But it was mostly like guitar, bass, and drums. That's all. It's not like it's not like their further like their album facelift, which is another one of my favorites, which is all heavy riffs and like heavy like distortion and things like that. Like things that you would need to like get it right to balance it out the sound. Yeah. But still, man, one or two takes, seven songs in seven days. That sounds like a move. That sounds like a like a book or something. Seven seven songs, seven days. Some shit like that. Yeah, man. It's crazy, man. Jeez. Yeah, this and then this um, this EP actually actually made history. 
it was the first EP to ever go number one on the charts. It um it topped the Billboard 200, a feat that would not be achieved again until 2004 with Linkin Park and Jay-Z's collaborate effort, Collision oh, Course. Numb. Yeah. Yeah. Numb did it, like, it, a number one, like, debut wouldn't happen again until that. Jeez. That's, what, like, 10 years? Yeah. You broke history mm. with that. Um, And, yeah, it says here something else, like, even though Facelift, which is their debut album, the other album that I was talking to, Facelift has uh, Man in the Box, which is probably, like, their most uh, recognizable songs. And then a few hits from Dirt had attained popularity. But yeah, Jar Flies was the first Alice in Chains release to hit number one on the Billboard 200. It was their third self-titled studio album. Oh no, their third self-titled studio album followed a year later. And it just says here, based on the credits, uh, Jar Flies was the only release the band produced entirely on their own like without the help of anyone else also plays into the fact that like they got it done so quickly bro like without the help of another producer or anything in a way in a way i I could see that right like you don't have another extra voice that you have to bounce off of like it's just you your creative process and like put it out there like this is me this is what i want you don't gotta like go back and forth with someone else but also you don't have the opinion of an outsider like we can get so far into our own heads that head <laughs> that that we might think something is good because we're listening to it and because we have a little bit of pride in what we make. But then, you know, an outsider might listen to it and they'd be like, oh, like, no. Like maybe it's not no. that good as you think. Yeah. This is kind of trash. <laughs> yeah, but dude, like they debuted at number one and they made history. Like, God, what a feat. Honestly, bro. Honestly. Yeah, and I mean those are all those are all good things. Um, right before I, I hand it off to you, I I want to touch upon what I said earlier that it's it's a pretty heavy EP. It's a pretty deep. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Lane was going through like uh drug abuse problems, drug addictions, uh mental health issues, which weren't accounted for back then, bro. Like people would just brush things aside like oh you're fine like you know and a lot of it reflects in the songs like i mentioned earlier the song nutshell um he says the things yet i fight and yet i fight this battle all alone no one to cry to no place to call home like um before his last well his last words on that song he says, and yet I find repeated in my head, if I can't be my own, I'd feel better dead. I mean, he did die, you know, later yeah. on, but mm-hmm. it just shows that he was already already struggling with that. And already, it was already on his mind. Like, God. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. That's straight off the second song. After a while, like it kind of fluctuates a little bit, but it's still a pretty, pretty like heavy and gloomy album. Gloomy is the word that perfectly describes it. 
because it's not a fast-paced album. It's, you know, sort of like ballads, but, you know, deep and dark ballads. Uh, the song Don't Follow, which is close to the end of the EP, it's about a character that is running away from home, tired of the life he has to live, you know. Or it's a drug addict warning others not to do drugs. It's in a way you can interpret it as however you want. I know Lane said in an interview that music can mean what you want it to mean. Like if you listen to it and you relate to it, to whatever like you're going through, then yeah, it can mean that because that's what it is. It doesn't always have to mean whatever the the writer or the artist intended it to. And the song's called, you know, Don't Follow. And at least for me, what I think is, again, playing back into the effect that he was going through drug addiction and drug problems and he was aware of it. It's kind of like telling like the fans and the listeners, like, dude, like use me as an example. Like, don't like just don't 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 follow. Like, don't fall into it. It's, it's harsh. Jeez, bro. Now I'm gonna finish the EP sometime soon. I only got to fi- listen to maybe the first three songs, but not saying that I'm not a person that listens into lyrics, but it's really gotta be out there for it to catch my attention. But uh, stuff like that will just fly over me. And now going into that specific song, I'm gonna ha- I'm I'm gonna be looking out for all that. Yeah, the way I listen to an album, especially a new album, that I'm like, okay. I'm going to listen to this and I'm going to try and get into it and get my opinions on it is I'll actually play it in the background first, whether I'm driving or when I'm at work, when I'm at home, like cleaning around my room or something. So I can first start to soak it. I got to listen to it like twice first as just background. And then after a while, I start looking into the lyrics, right? Or I say, paying attention to what they're saying. I don't necessarily look them up. I just start listening and paying attention and, you know, I'll get a little bit more into it. I'll be like, okay, yeah, maybe, I'll, maybe the third or fourth listen, I'll listen to it with headphones so I can, I guess, capture uh, it. absorb it, capture it or absorb it a little bit better. And then, you know, if there's something that I really want to look into a song, then I'll look up the individual lyrics. And that's usually how it goes. Cause I don't think you can, you can, you can't really say like you listen to an album on the, on the first go. Like, yeah, you listen to it, but I mean, there's, it's, it's talking about different it, songs. It, and it's different... like the, the phrase I used yesterday, bro. Like you're, you're hearing me, but you're not listening. You know, you're aware yeah, that like, it's making noise, but you're not truly tuned into it. Exactly. So, you know, your, your opinion off the first time you listen to it won't be the same after your maybe sixth or seventh listen. And Agreed. And yeah, like if like like you said, like that the lyrics like maybe like whooshed over you on some of the songs. That's fine. Um, I I didn't really expect expect you to like like oh yeah man like no like it's it's deep because it was your first time listening to it. I'm I'm telling you based off of my experience because it's it's an album that I've liked for a while. I recently started to revisit it and it it hits hard like especially because I'm such a big fan of Alice in Chains and just you know knowing. Uh, that Lane did eventually succumb to it. I think his final days, he he was locked up and isolated so people wouldn't see him, how he was struggling, and he just passed away. He, during their MTV Unplugged, um, uh, their little, the concert they had, the stage, you know, it has a lot of candles and it has a lot of, like, dark tones, 
and it's made to look out like funeral. And that was, I think that was one of their last performances right before Lane died. So it gets you thinking, man, like (laughs) once you start knowing like the different facts outside of the individual songs, like once you start knowing more about the artists, what they went through, like it's, you start seeing that reflection in their, in their music, in their art. That's when you start realizing, oh yeah, like this is, this is heavier than I thought. Uh, So that's, I remember when I told you, I was like, oh, but it's not like a feel good album. Like it's not an album you want to get too deep into because you'll succumb to it. Yeah. That's the literally the first and only warning you gave me because I texted Izzy earlier in the week and I was like, uh give me an album don't even think about it just send it and then he sends it and then he's like wait i know you've been going through some stuff but this isn't a pick me up album like it can suck you in and i was like okay don't worry about it i asked for this i'll give it a listen i listened to like the first two to three songs but yeah yeah and i think that's that's good maybe it doesn't happen with everyone but it happens with me where Sometimes, like, when I'll relate to a song and if I'm going through some tough times and I listen to a song that I can relate to in a sad way, it's, I'll I'll get pulled by it and I'll be like, oh, like, this isn't helping. Like, this is just making me feel worse. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I meant. But, you know, once you know a little bit more of the context of it, that's when you start realizing, like, yeah, it's, it definitely is heavier than what it seems on the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, all the talent aside and all the facts that we learned that they did it in such a quick time and what the, whatever their impressive and creative process was like it's it's got other tones in it um that's pretty much it like i could keep talking on about it but on the surface level and i guess below surface level that's pretty much what char flies is if you guys like i do highly recommend it for you guys to go listen to it it's not a it's not a long EP. It's just, it's about half an hour, seven songs and a total of like 30 or 31 minutes. So it's very easy to listen to it from start to beginning. Um, and then if you want to listen to it a second time, you could, I suggest you do listen to it at least three times, like just play it in your background and then start looking into the lyrics if you really want to. And I guarantee you, there's going to, you're going to find a phrase or something that you're going to relate to, or you're going to be like, wow, like, this speaks to me and if it does that's fine man that's i think that's what lane wanted for the lyrics to be just whatever you can relate to it whatever you think it means that's what it is man yeah man jeez gonna finish that album that ep soon um if someone wants to gift it for me in vinyl yeah (laughs) please do i've been looking for one i haven't found one in person and I don't like buying vinyls online because I'm afraid that they're going to get damaged in the mail. Didn't that happen to you? Or is that a picture we make fun of? It No, it's a picture we make fun of and it did happen to me. But it wasn't as bad as the picture. Yeah, the it picture was like... we see, Yeah, the picture we see is the box like literally folded like to fit in a mailbox, like in a traditional like half circle mailbox. Um, one of, yeah, one of the records that I ordered in the mail actually came warped. Uh, with the heat like they warp and everything so it wasn't as bad some songs play but songs sound a little bit so that's why i don't like buying records 
uh, online anymore, really, especially not from like from random sellers that you don't know, because then you don't know how well they'll, sh- they'll pack it up. You don't know how well like they're going to ship it. Um, so, yeah, I, I always usually try and go to the local record shops where I can be like, hey, like, can I test it out? Like, I just want to make sure it plays. And they'll be like, yeah, you can. Um, but I haven't found that one in person. So. Or if you want to send it in CD form, I'll gladly take it in CD form <laughs> as well. I've been getting into CDs lately. I already have like six of them in my car and they don't fit on the glove box anymore. <laughs> so Yeah, I'll gladly that... take a cassette too and uh, in A track. And... <laughs> well, I don't have a cassette player. <laughs> I don't I, have a regular uh, player at home. And my Slomero used to have one. Um, but i put the the augs thing but it, it was like the cassette and it had the augs cord come out of it that's the thing i had bro my malibu had that too and yeah. I, I i used to do that too it's a little cassette player and it had a an aux cable running off of it that was great technology to think about honestly it. no yeah Dude. it was because you're like okay i can't plug this thing this doesn't have like the, the necessary thing i need and what do you know these people really thought ahead of the game yeah and then i I remember like after a while like because it was such a beat up car like it would just eject the cassette player because it wouldn't read it anymore and i'd be like like i was listening to the middle of a song and boom it would cut off and eject it so i ended up getting this um it it plugged into the cigarette lighters or into the car charger ports Mm -hmm. and it was a bluetooth device you would connect your phone to bluetooth to that little device and then that little device would i guess play a signal into an open radio station so you would just tune your car to like an empty station, like 98.7 or something. You would tune that device to that station and then connect to the Bluetooth and then you could hear it in your car. But if there was something ever playing in that station, then it would interfere and you couldn't hear your music. So you couldn't tune it into like 106.1 or like 107.3, like the ones that were actual radio stations because yeah. then it wouldn't work. You had to find like an empty one. And that was so funny because really, really quick, sorry. Um, one time I was going to college and I, I had that little thing and I was listening to music bum, 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 bum. and like I, I come up to like the stoplight and like there's a bunch of cars there all of a sudden I hear like static and then it starts playing a different song and I'm like what like this isn't what I'm playing and then I'm looking around and the guy next to me like he's also he looks like he's looking at his radio like trying to work it <laughs> and I wondered if he had the same device and our devices just like interfered with each other or something because oh, <laughs> i don't know what else happened once i drove off it switched back to the song that was playing on my phone <laughs> but yeah that was a quick little funny experience i like to imagine that he had the same device and yeah he was listening to taylor swift or something <laughs> <laughs> my my the car i drive right now um it i don't know something's not connected or something on the inside because I'll plug it in, uh, the Bluetooth thing, I'll turn it on, and it won't connect. It will connect, like, once every three weeks, and then I try to find the station, and I don't find it. And then, uh, I don't know what it is. It just sucks. I have to play music through my phone or through the radio, which isn't bad at all, but, you know, there's something about having that power of Bluetooth. It just makes the car ride a lot better. Yeah. So, it's just so convenient, yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, my album, The Incredible True Jump Story, a- a.k.a. Uh, acronym for tits, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I love this album, bro. Uh, so yeah, much. It was a great recital. Actually, that's the first thing on my notes. Uh, like, I, I loved it so much that I named it after my recital. The other two um, contenders for the name of my recital were No Pressure, because once the recital was over, I'd have no pressure. That was a fucking lie. Yeah. That was a fucking lie. And then it was uh, under pressure because that recital was so much pressure. But the incredible true story just seemed to fit well with it. Um, the incredible true story is the second album uh, of Logic. His first one was under pressure and. I mean, I really thought he hit hard with Under Pressure, but I think he hit just as hard and not, if not even harder with the second one because he had a, he definitely had a concept behind it. Um, before I get into the concept, I want to get into the artwork of the album because I just love it so much, bro. If if you haven't seen it, it's, um, how do I describe it? Just him, his engineer, uh, the two characters, uh, someone else, and then like in the back, you can see like half an eye or like half of this dude's face, and that's the artist. And in the spaceship, they have these six suits, and just really good. Uh, in the story, you kind of go through a story. Um, when you listen to the album, and you follow these two characters called Thomas and Kai and they're on the way to go find another planet to live in because earth got fucked up and now they live in the uh, space station that only houses like five million people so they're trying to think ahead and look to different places and there's this AI chick called Thalia it's great um one of the voices is his name is Steve Bloom and he is a legendary voice actor and I love him so much. If y'all ever saw Toonami, he was that voice, the Toonami dude. If you ever seen Cowboy Bebop, he was Spike. He's come out in Samurai Champloo, uh, Transformers, Star Wars Rebels. He's just done so much iconic work. Like, if you listen to his voice, you'll know who he is. Um, the scenes in that, I love it. There's like a couple sketches and it it really brings you in and sets the tone for the story. I love that he went out of his way and did stuff like that because it, it ties it all in. It makes it so cohesive. And then there's the story. Like I said, uh, earth got messed up. Uh, these people are on their way to go find an inhabitable planet. And at the end they do, you hear them landing and they make it to this planet. It's great. There's a bunch of stuff that goes down in the middle towards it. Um, then going on to my favorite song. Like, this this album has so many good songs. But I'd have to say Intermission is my favorite one because you can just kick back to it. It's not intermission. as... Intermission, yeah. Did I say something? Intermission? Intermission? I think it's intermission. Not yeah, it, intermission. it is. Uh, yeah, I pulled it up. Intermission. Yeah, I didn't know that until now. And I said it was my favorite song. Look at me, such a fake fan. <laughs> Intermission. Plastic fan. <laughs> Plastic fan. Intermission with Lucy Rosen. Dude, for the longest time, I've always tried to make a song like this. And I want it 
a female vocalist to work with but i could never find one if i'm being honest like i've tried to replicate the replicate the beat for it uh just no luck no luck yet because when i do make an album i want something like that in it i have like an idea of like this is what i want the first song the intro to be the second song is going to be this type of style so on and so forth and towards the middle is going to be a song like that uh i also like the intro it come it goes hard it they, it uses taiko drums which are these japanese drums these huge drums and they just go insane and it sets up the tone and it's also like a little skit it's called contact and you it's an introduction to the characters and then it instantly leads into the first song called fade away fade away goes so hard i love it that was the first song i listened to when uh, i was introduced to this album and then at the end of it you hear a couple other sketches and you go on through the album it ends up being like that another good song i loved was young jesus and to be honest i had i listened to it the only reason i got hooked to it was when izzy played it in his car when we went to six flags i think it was in dallas and it was it was when big limbo uh came in ayo it's a fat young jesus flow procedures and it it goes on and ever since that i was like this is good i'm loading it better believe it or leave it Grab yeah you bitches cleavage like ooh, ah. uh, yeah bro oh uh, yeah that's song number six um then intermission is seven then city of stars is the next song i really like it city of stars is uh really quick like go for it go for it like, no, city no, of stars is i okay i i want to point out so i love this album this is probably one of my top one or top two of logic albums that i love i always revisit to it it's just it's just a great one and yeah intermission i would say is also one of my favorite songs i can play a little clip of it right now once you're done talking with it so the, mm-hmm. the listeners can can get a little taste of it in case they haven't listened to it but city of stars city of stars was the first song i heard off this album interesting surprisingly um it was a i i, I was already listening to logic but i still wasn't that into his albums when i first started listening to logic i was into his mixtapes and mm-hmm. the third uh young sinatra mixtape welcome to forever that's my favorite one that's the one that i was on like just like non-stop bah, 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 bah. i heard a little bit songs here and there but never really experienced an album fully until i heard to city of stars and i liked the song so, so much and i was like you know in, in city of stars it also talks about the main um theme of the album you know the it like space quest for new paradise planet, quest for paradise everything so i was like wow like oh my god like i should listen to the album and then i did and then that's you know when i started liking the entire album but city of stars was the first song that i heard off of this one and a little something i noticed about city of stars a while back i mean this album has been an album since 2015 and it's been out for a while and it took me maybe about last year to see the similarities that it has in the intro or the the first half of the song to flashing lights i think it is flashing lights like it has that slow uh steady beat and you can kind of hear that i don't even know what to call that background noise like in flashing lights it's flashing flashing lights lights and then it uh studio stars has something similar to that i can't really 
say uh say what it is because I wouldn't know how to describe it but yeah and then in the second half he he just throws down really he takes gauntlet and just starts spitting in the beginning it's kind of like uh not a ballad he just kind of he's a little lyrical with it I don't know what would you say it's a it's a it's a little bit not necessarily a ballad but you know compared to the rest of the songs where it's you know a little bit more of a hip-hop beat and he's rapping this one on the intro, it's a little more of like a. I mean, you you get you get the kick of the drum just constantly to the tempo, just mm-hmm. boom, 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 and he's singing. He's not rapping that much, and it's funny because you know, the one of the lyrics says, "This ain't a love song," and the intro almost makes you feel like you could put love lyrics to this, and it'll make sense. It's that type of beat, but it's not. Yeah, and that's a meme that that I've seen before. It's the uh, it's in SpongeBob where the fish is like opening the doors like really quick and he's mad, <laughs> and it says when you hear someone say that City of Stars is a love song, and it's like shut your ass up. Like, <laughs> um, but it's it's that slow, like you know, just constant tempo beat, just um, mm-hmm. not necessarily a ballad, but it's just it's just not. I wouldn't say it's hip hop either. Yeah, but you yeah. were gonna say in the second half. Oh, he just throws down, bro. He just goes for it. He starts spitting. If I were to recommend... The beat beat switches up, and he just starts dropping bars and actually starts rapping. Like, Yeah, and the kick definitely takes a different turn. It just starts... I don't know. It's not just a steady pulse anymore. It's more than that. It just... You feel... Yes. Yeah, That because it's just a steady pulse. That's that's a good way of describing it, Mm. yes. Yeah, and then the honestly, bro, this have a lot to do with it because he doesn't ha- he doesn't put not saying he doesn't put much work and doesn't layer it so much. He uses like simple techniques, like he stick with drum, synth, bass, vocals, just go for it. Um, and the drums they they set the tone is the best way I can put it, especially in the second half. Like it sets it up so well that he's about to go off. Yeah. So 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 um, in, yeah, in the in the just, beginning, it is it is just like a pose, and he has the sense, he has the vocals that are like ah, uh, uh, and then you hear a little bit of a yeah. you know, background synth, like the kind of playing into effect of like this star mm-hmm. type of vibe. Yeah. Again, playing with the whole space thing, and it's the constant bass drum, just the boom boom boom, the pose, and then when he drops in the second part, it jumps into a, like a more hip hop type of beat, like boom boom boom. You start hearing a little bit more snare, a little bit more cymbals, a little bit more hip hop, which is when he starts rapping. And dude, the first, yeah, the first time I heard it, like at the beginning, I was like vibing, and then like it slows down, the beat drops, and then he starts rapping, and I'm like, ooh, like is this the same song? And it still was, and I saw that it was still like a minute and a half left, and I was like, oh, off bro like, yeah, it's good. We recommend. It number the number eleven on the the album. The next thing I have downloaded, I don't have the whole album downloaded, but I love it for what it is as an entirety, and I am very selective with what I download. Um, it's the last scene. It's called Lucidity. The reason I have that scene downloaded is because it leads in so well into the last song called The Incredible True Story, and. If you've ever heard Pink Floyd's uh, The Wall, every song is seamless. It just connects so well. Same idea with this. Love that album. 
that album. Love yeah. that album, bro. Yeah, if anything, that album was definitely a contender on my list. Like I had, I had to scratch off a couple things, but this one just had more significance in what I've done. And the incredible true story, it that song number eighteen, it just it gives us the conclusion. Like you know what happens to the characters. It tell it finishes the story. It's also just a good song. He just vibes. It's almost like a mixture of pop and rap a little bit because of how almost upbeatish it is. Yeah. We we I mean you, you did skip a couple of, a couple of songs, right? Cause you said you don't have it all downloaded. Yeah, I I skipped a couple. Did you have some in mind that you wanted to mention that I didn't? Well, right after City of Stars is Stainless, and then after Stainless um is another skit uh, which is uh babel i forgot what that skit is about actually i've oh no oh but ba- i think babel he, um one of the characters is talking about because you know they're in this they're in the space station right mm-hmm. they're just saying that they want more of it they don't want that artificial stuff anymore like they actually want the real thing like which is what they're searching for a planet planet yeah. called paradise that's the this next skit and then after that is another one of my favorite songs which is paradise paradise has like this funky bass line just like and then he starts bro it's because like i love this song but no you're good bro like paradise um, vibe to it like same here man yeah um just an just a different like really type of different beat to all the other ones but he still raps over and he still does a great part i think paradise also has like a beat switch like almost close to the end mm-hmm. after that is never been um i think the lyrics have never been are are really good ones as well that is run it i don't remember running it that well but it's you know still hits once you listen to the album like from start to finish all the songs there make sense and all of them hit individually yeah, maybe some songs not so much, but once you listen to it after the other, like it starts to make a little bit more sense. It's the whole thematic that he's going for. And then after that, that's when you get to lucidity, which is what you mm-hmm. mentioned. And then to the incredible true story. Yeah, man. Um Lucidity, I forget. Oh man, I haven't listened to any of these songs in a while, but uh all these sketches have not that they have morals but they talk about like some sort of specific subject and one of the deepest ones was lucidity and i i'm sure that's why you saved it to the end of the album and just go ahead and give it a listen it's like a minute maybe even less and it leads into the last song oh it's just so seamless um i'm curious izzy you said this was like number one and number two can i guess which of the other one was like another contender i want to say it might have been no pressure or am i wrong for for albums yeah like oh, you like said for, logic for, for logic at least yeah for top logic albums oh bro it was confessions of a dangerous <laughs> i can't like even that. say that without laughing i can't even say that without laughing damn no it was um it was under pressure the first one albums yeah talking yeah. about albums yeah, yeah. we're just talking about discography i would automatically go with welcome to forever but that's a mixtape so that yeah. doesn't 
and yeah, it was it was under pressure. Respect. Like those three, those three I just mentioned, incredible true story, no pressure, under pressure. They're it. That's like what I see as logic, everything else. I never got into his older mixtapes, only mixtapes. Like I'm aware of the young Sinatras. Um, I wasn't too much of a fan of the Tarantinos, if I'm being honest. I only have one song from each Bobby Tarantino, except the third one. But from the first two, it was just a little different. It wasn't for me. I'd say it also might be one of those. If I listen back to it, I like it even more, just like with a bunch of his other stuff. But yeah, no pressure, under pressure. Those are just so great. And man, he should have just ended with under uh, no pressure, if I'm being honest. Yeah, whatever creative direction he took, I mean, I don't agree with a lot of it. Yeah. Um. Like, like I haven't been into the new logic projects except no pressure no pressure like it was just reminiscent of what it used what he used to be before and yeah it sounds cliche when you're like oh it's because he's not the same that he was in the past like in his original work blah 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 everyone says that about their favorite artists but it's true you know when you put out so many projects um especially back to back like so so constantly you start seeing differences and yeah with his newer work i just maybe like the logic craze was gone granted i haven't been that too much into like hip-hop and rap recently but like maybe like it must have been like a mentality thing but i'm pretty sure i wasn't the only one because it resonated with a lot of fans worldwide Mm -hmm. i remember seeing it like in the facebook groups and the forums and comments just his new stuff wasn't hitting as hard as it used to be so yeah man i don't know but as far as like the incredible true story like Dude, still hits to this day. Facts. Like, it hits so much that when I go cruising um, with, like, a new friend or an old friend, and it's, like, 10, 11 o'clock at night, we're probably going to go get ice cream or go get, like, midnight snack, that song is on my playlist. Like, I go out of my way to put that song on. Intermission, by the way. Would you mind playing a little snippet of it? Um. Yeah, you can start wherever. Uh, I I wouldn't mind. It's actually called intermission. Intermission. Yes, I'm sorry. Words are hard today. <laughs> you should have heard me earlier. Yeah. I was just stumbling so hard on myself. Um. There you go. I can play the intro real quick. We are probably in a copyright strike for this, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't play. Unfortunately, I can't play too much of it. But good, just yeah. with that intro, you guys should get the idea of the general vibe of the whole song. Um, yeah, just right off the bat, bro. Like the first lyrics is sometimes I fantasize about traveling space and time, playing into the theme of the album, searching for planet planet paradise i think about specific moments that i could rewind not to redo it but relive it i could give it one more go abide 
and truly understand the deeper things that I don't know about. Dude, like that, that should, that should tell you like what his whole vibe and like the whole meaning he's trying to go for is. Yeah. I think it's something that we, again, we could all relate to. Like sometimes we think back to like the good times that we've had and not like he says, not to redo it, not necessarily to change it, but to relive it, like to be able to experience those good moments again. Mm-hmm. And th- this song, um, yeah, man, it's it's definitely a song that I personally reminisce to. Like I think back, and I feel like you were getting a little bit into that territory. Like this is a song to reminisce to, to think back of the good old times, and if you can live it. And these are only just like the first couple of seconds. He he starts rapping. Then it gets more into it. And uh, once you hear Lucy Rose, it's just, it's golden. I love it. Yeah, man. I think um, there's one lyric that would resonate a lot with me. It's closer to the final verses that he says. He says, I never graduated, but I made it to the summit. Don't get me wrong. So many times I thought that I would plummet. That lyrics specifically to me resonated a lot not that long ago when i i was i was going through so much with the college that i was going to that at some point i just got so tired and so annoyed with how they were treating me and just doing me so wrong in my classes that i just thought about quitting i was like dude i'm just gonna drop out like i don't need to get this degree for me to like get a decent job like like yeah like it at this point, like I might as well finish. I'm just missing like two more classes, but these these people, like they, they keep messing up my classes. They keep messing up my credits and everything that they don't let me graduate. Like, and this is used to resonate or not because I took a semester off and I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm not, I'm not going back to college. Like, I'm not going to give them any more of my money because at this point I was paying for it already. I didn't have financial aid anymore. Um, Eventually, I, I like, you know, I did go back and I did end up, getting my degrees but yeah man just that lyric specifically like I was already making like better money than I was living back home and I was like dude like I can take it far from here I don't need a degree for me to be able to make a living ultimately I did and it's helped me but yeah man that was going through my mind back then and it's a song that yeah like you said you reminisce on I listened to it today and I think back on the good times and I think back on the bad times as well. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten me to where I am right now. Yeah, man. I agree. College, you know, it takes a lot from yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Um, I'm, I'm looking at my no pressure vinyl and I forget that I ordered it. I pre-ordered it. And then I waited, I don't know how many months just to see that fucking Walmart had it before I had it. Oh, man, I remember that. Yeah, they, they delayed it. It so wasn't much. just you. They, they delayed it with other like clothing items and with other people that bought it as well. Mm-hmm. And Logic made it clear that it wasn't his fault. Like, no. it, was, it was the publishing company or the people who were in charge of the merchandise. And then one time we went to Walmart, we saw the No Pressure vinyl there. I pointed it out. I think that's when I bought the Mandalorian soundtrack. And um, I saw it there and I was like, Jared, check this out. 
and I remember seeing the look on your face and you look so disappointed. Like, I swear, like, I thought you wanted to just punch that vinyl straight up there and just break it. <laughs> and just just the, the look of disappointment and defeat, because at this point, you had already told us you were like, bro, like, I already made my mind that it's not getting here. Like, mm-hmm. for, I, like for me, I it's considered a loss already. Yeah. yeah, you were like, for me, like, this is considered a loss. And then you see it there. I just can't imagine, like, what must have been going on through your mind, bro? No. Mm-mm. Um, <laughs> I still need to get How do you a, think I... a record Okay. Player. Yeah. Well, the good thing is that when we move together, mine's going in the living room, so you'll be free to use it. Wait. Yeah. I have a little, uh, like, a little station for it. Vibe. Um, but okay, so speaking about vinyls and things like that, I ordered the Brockhampton Roadrunner new light, new machine vinyl. Nice. Without realizing that it was a pre-order. Oh. That thing's not supposed to sh- supposed to ship out till April of this year. I ordered it a year ago, <laughs> almost a year ago. Um. Now they uh they broke up. They canceled their tour. And I'm wondering if I'm even getting the vinyl because <laughs> no. at this point, I don't know. But that's different. Like, that was a pre-order, and I didn't look at the fine writing that said it wasn't going to ship till 2022. Yours was supposed to get there. Like, it's just within the year. They messed something I, up. I think I ordered it in August. It should have been there in October. October ended. And I was like, okay, this is a month. December break ended and I was starting a new semester and a new year and I'm like it's over Mm-mm. it's not gonna happen you know yeah yeah I'm, I'm uh, I want to ask you something because you said the wall was a, another contender for like the album that you were gonna pick did you have any other ones that you really like highly considered talking about yes but first off I want to mention that uh Remember when we went to that vintage store in Laredo and we got my The Wall cassette? DNA. Yeah, DNA. Mm-hmm. I have that. I love it, bro. I'm never going to use it, but just the fact that I own it, it feels good. I, it feels like I don't need to buy the vinyl anymore, but I'd I love have, to. Well, I have the, the wall on vinyl. Mm. Yeah, bro. It's just it's I have the wall on vinyl, but it's the remastered version. It's not it's not the the original one. So the but wall still. was one of them and I was debating on either Demon Days by Gorillas or just their self-titled album The Gorillas. Um I just I love that group so much or rather uh whatever they are. I don't know how to describe them. <laughs> Cuz they're like animated and it's one person that sings and one person or one person that does all the music and then there's like an illustrator. So whatever the gorillas yeah. are. Um well the gorillas are a band. Like there's actually people behind the like the, the characters. Gotcha. Um, but it is it is mostly Damon. That's his name. Damon, mm-hmm. I forgot his last name, who plays 2D. Gotcha. He's, I guess you could say he's a mastermind behind it all. Yeah. Um there was another album that was oh green day's american idiot because that that just resonated with me as a kid and that started my uh angsty teenage days and then watch the throne was also oh okay yeah 
Yeah, bro. Oh, Watch the Throne just goes hard in so many ways. I didn't know I wanted certain collaborations, and they pulled it off so well. And oh, I forgot to mention this one. Uh, it's called You. It's an EP. Uh, by Mac Miller's second persona. I sent Izzy a couple, uh, a couple of these songs. For um, his second persona is called. Larry Lovestein and the Velvet Revival. It's five songs. It's 22 minutes. I've played this album around like six, seven times already within the past three days that I knew of its existence. And just so good. Very, very jazzy, very mellow, almost lo-fi ambient uh, beats. And uh, for the most part, and, mm, so good. Well, what were yours? I'm curious. Or were you um, on uh, Alice in Chains? No, no, no. I really thought about it. Um, probably the next contender would have been Random Max's Memories by Daft Punk. Mm, uh, yeah, that sounds such like a, Such a damn beautiful album, bro. Like, never get tired of it. Never get tired of listening to it with a good pair of headphones and just, mm, mwah, chef's kiss. Beautiful album. Um, another choice would have been American Beauty by the Grateful Dead. Uh, just another like really like old timey album that I really like. Um, um, let's see which other one. Now there was a few more, but as well, the way I thought about it was as like the albums or like the EP experience, like from start to finish. Like I can tell you that um, I could have chosen something from. Foo Fighters but as far as Foo Fighters though I like their songs I, I do like I like Foo Fighters but the album experiences I have I don't really have one that sticks with me there I can say the album itself like the theme the story behind it just the fun facts and interesting things behind the album as, an, as, as a whole thing not just individual songs yeah um, that's what I wanted to go for that's it's part of the reason why um, like these albums are some of my favorite ones. Uh, Alice in Chains. Uh, to be honest, I was also gonna consider Facelift by Alice in Chains, but as an album itself, like the last three songs, I don't relate too much to them or I don't go for them that much. I find myself skipping them or just switching back to the beginning again. So that was like, well, you know, I I should probably scratch that one off the list. Um. But Random Access Memories by Daft Punk, that's one that I can listen to from beginning to end over and over. And I won't get tired. Another one would have been Peripheral Vision by Turnover, which is also an, an album that's made me cry multiple times uh, in my life. It's, it's very, it's a lot about like heartbreak and breakups and just a guy or a girl, whatever you can relate to, you know, the one that got away or things like that. Yeah. So it's something that that, we, that everyone can relate to, but it's, it's just the songs and the lyrics behind it. It's also very, very, um, very resonant with me. And it's a, it, there's a cool little story behind it. I'm just going to brush up on it, but Turnover before were like a pop punk band, like, you know, these distorted guitars and everything. And then they completely switched it up 
and they delivered this dreamy pop type of like indie album and it's it's completely different than what their first album is if you listen to their first album and then listen to this one they're both completely different and they delivered like they switched genres and it worked mm-hmm. out this is a pretty popular album for those that are into like the dream dreamy pop dreamy indie type of a rock whatever you want to call it uh the last album that i would have considered would have been um oh, would have been sticky fingers either land of pleasure or what's that one well, if I can't think of the name, it doesn't count. But Land of Pleasures by Sticky Fingers. Mm-hmm. Sticky Fingers is another one of my favorite, favorite bands that I'll never get tired of. Uh, right out of Australia, mate. Kind of into like that reggae rock type of thing. Indie as well. But yeah, man, never. I'll never, ever get tired of Sticky Fingers. It should be coming out with a new album soon, which I'm very excited for. But those those would have been my choices as far as like just album experiences from beginning to end and the theme behind them and what they could have been. I got to say, I, I really, um, I really like this episode. Me I'm thinking too. maybe we can, we can do it again another time. Your second choices or something. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Or shake it up with whatever we, um, or like couple favorite bands or something like that. Very influential. Like I can relate to you when you said Definitely. Foo Fighters. Like I um, you only like certain songs, not albums. I can relate to that with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't think I've ever gone through an album, but there, yeah. I have so many songs of them. There's. So. Yeah, with Foo Fighters, I just find myself just going back to their um their best of album, which is the one that I mentioned where Wheels is from. Mm-hmm. Just because it's all of their best songs compiled into one and it's just so much easier to listen to it. Listen to it that way then. Yeah. Then go through every other album. I get you. Yeah. Another band that I could definitely say that relates to is Credence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> yeah, I think we you can speak for both of us on that one. Yeah. So um they're they're chronicle album quotation marks which is the 20 greatest hits it's what it is it's 20 of their greatest hits um even though there's a few albums that i do like like from start to finish or eps they're, they're short like seven like seven tracks in an ep or whatever but i just find myself just going to that and putting it in a shuffle just because it's their 20 greatest hits they're all shuffled together so another album that well another uh yeah, album that I own in vinyl as well. Love some CCR. I actually have a Credence Clearwater poster over there. You, you guys, you, you can't normally see it because you're facing the back wall, but it's yeah. right behind my door to my entrance. So funny you mentioned that band. Um, after I listened to that song, you recommend re- ah words, bro, words. Recommend. Recommend. Avengers main. <laughs> We've been playing too much Red Dead. Um, the song you yeah. recommended right after I listened to know i paid uh fortunate son and then what was the second one um bum 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 have you ever seen the rain and then bad moon rising and then like it ended i barely got off of 35 i got into the city i was supposed to be in 
I played that again, bro. It was just it was just in such a I was in such a good mood to listen to that. So yeah. But those are the only three songs I know, and I will probably forever only know. <laughs> I mean the the good thing is that they have that album, The Chronicle, mm-hmm. which is you can visit you can visit like their different songs. Um they got good ones. Um well, uh, speaking of Korean Clearwater, I told you the other night when we were playing um, John John Fogarty, the, the lead singer. Mm-hmm. Like if you listen to a lot of songs, they're very reminiscent of like, I would say like the South or like the Southeast type of states, like very like swampy, grimy, like Louisiana type of style music. Yeah, but John Fogarty was actually from was actually born in California, from like the Bay Area, and it's just funny how he. He kind of like broke the barriers of where he's from, you know, and went to a different genre. And he, he delivered amazing with these types of songs. So, yeah, man. Cool. Yeah, man. All right. Well, shit. Like I said, I really like this episode. Um, I was cutting you a lot when you were talking about the incredible story because, but that's also like an album that I really love. So. Basically, what you were saying is, I was like, yes, like he's nailing it. Except the part where you mispronounce your favorite song, you yeah. plastic fan. <laughs> Inner mission, I N N E R mission. I can spell mission. I yeah. promise. I just don't that's, spell it. That's no, no, no. That's gotta mean something because inter, like intermission, is, stands for like a pause in something and i'm pretty sure intermission like he he must have gone for a different meaning in the title of that yes because i thought he meant intermission as in we're gonna take a break from all the rapping this is why it's in the middle of the the album uh here's a little break for you and then boom it hits it goes hard with the rapping again but yeah. now that but i noticed that uh it definitely meant something else for sure Yeah. Well, we played Intermission, which you said was your favorite track off of The Incredible True Story. Um, for Jar of Flies, just to revisit it, my favorite track has to be Nutshell, which is the one that I mentioned the lyrics of. Um, I think to say goodbye to the pod, I'll play like 15 seconds of it just so you guys can hear it. It's a, it's a, it's a good album. It's a good EP, so go listen to it, but don't get too carried away. And if you uh, if you're going through some stuff, reach out to the ones you love, man. That's what they're there for. But yeah, I mean, um, I think with that, we we're gonna end this. So for those listening, uh, thank you guys for tuning in again. Uh, we'll catch on to the next episode. This uh, is your boys, Izzy, Jared on the other line. And this was just a, another episode of, hey, it happens. So there you guys go. You guys can listen to a little bit of it.